You are listening to Rebel Femme Podcast. You get what you pay for, episode 5. I'm your host, Morella Manelli. And I'm Yudera Munoz. We spend a lot of time servicing women behind the chair in our pink hair salon. And believe it or not, we know more than we sometimes want to know about what goes on in our clients' lives. In this podcast, we are going to get real and raw. Tune in as we have honest conversations about women's issues, beauty, life, and everything super random. No topic is off limits. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back to our fifth podcast. It's number five, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. (laughs) Um, This is Morella, and we have a really special topic that we're going to be talking about, which is all about um, drugstore brand hair products versus salon brands. Yeah. And we're going to really break it down for you guys. And there's lots of things that we learned as we were doing research. And even though we're in the hair industry, we thought we kind of knew a lot. But this was very eye-opening. The world is a scary place. Totally. (laughs) I just want to let everyone know that I'm feeling a little under the weather. I have some allergies, so I don't sound myself, which is why I had to, like, reintroduce myself in case I don't sound my normal self. (laughs) So pardon. you don't sound like Mariella. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now I do sound like Mariella. (laughs) So pardon me if I, you hear a little bit of sniffling in the back. I'm going to try my hardest not to. But you may hear me sneeze. I don't know. So it is high pollen in the air. That's super bloom. So we wanted to start out this podcast by sharing a quote with you that we found by Oscar Blandy. Is that how you say his last name? I think so. That makes sense. How did you think it was said? I never know. I say Blandy or Blondie. I think it's Blandy. But you want to read it? Bland. Sure. So the quote is, similar to how we look at different qualities of food, salon, and drugstore products all differ based on the types of ingredients used. They differ based on sulfate, silicone, water, and alcohol levels, which are all things to consider when studying the juice of your product. I like that he says juice of your product. I do too, because I think that it just, you know, reiterates, you know, your your ingredients, your active ingredients, the thing that's like what why you buy it. Yeah. So what we found basically was that some drugstore brands mimic salon products, but won't have the quality ingredients or the concentration levels. So this is something that I feel like we already kind of knew. Yeah. But I don't think maybe the vast majority of the consumer knows that. Which is why people always ask like, well, what's the difference? Totally. Like what, why can't I go use the Pantene or the Suave you know, why should I go spend, you know, 30 or $40 on your shampoo versus use, you know, the 5 or $10 shampoo at Target? We will tell you today. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so definitely quality ingredients. It's huge. We'll dive deep into that. Um, the other thing was drugstore brands usually list water as their first ingredient or main ingredient, causing the rest of the ingredients to be diluted. That's so, kind of huge. Yeah. So it's usually like the first three or four ingredients in, listed on a bottle, those are the main ingredients. But they're always either water or I've noticed even alcohol follows right afterwards. So all the good stuff is being diluted by all of that bad. Okay. That's interesting. So with diluted gr- ingredients, you end up having to use twice the amount of product that you normally would use with a salon product. But that's not to say that not 
you know, not all salon products are created equal either because there's some cheap professional products out there too. This is very true. So I think it has a lot to do with um, the stylist really educating themselves and knowing what their brand is totally about. Yeah. So you can you can have a professional brand, which we will not be naming names on here, <laughs> uh, of which professional brands are, uh, suck. <laughs> but we will tell you maybe um, some that we really like or something along those lines. So with that being said, the ingredients in salon products are meant to last longer because you use less of it. And I think, too, getting the right shampoo and conditioner is huge you know, from your hairdresser that they recommend because you're going to use the one that's meant for your hair type. So depending on, you know, your chemical services you're doing in the salon, whether it's just color, glazes, bleach, right? You might, the stylist is going to recommend something completely something different. specific. Yeah. It's like when you go to the doctor, they're going to specifically prescribe something to you because that's what you need. Right. Same as when you go to the hairdresser, we're going to find something that you actually need. Not versus, versus something that you don't need. Right. Because I think sometimes people are like, well, I want, you know, I want my hair to feel soft. Well, that's great. But let's maybe you need protein in your hair. So let's get you, you know, a protein based shampoo and then we'll finish you off with a moisturizing conditioner. So we can customize it for you for what you're wanting and what you need at the same time. Exactly. So drugstore brands have higher levels of silicone. And make the hair feel soft and sleek, but over time, build up and dull the shine of the hair. Which I say this about Pantene all the time, because I have so many clients that use Pantene. And I know they reformulate all the time. But it's the same complaint every single time. Yeah. Like, why is my hair not shiny? Why is it limp and not doing anything? It's because of all of those ingredients. And there's actually a lot of, like, YouTube videos now, um, Instagram videos, and even videos on Facebook showing hairstylists uh, scraping off that layer of buildup with their shears. Yeah. And it's pretty nasty. So, you know, is, you know, a drugstore brand great for short term? Yes, but long term, absolutely not. You know, and if that's all you can afford, then, you know... I think at the at the same time, this is where the hairdresser can maybe find something uh, of quality, but a little bit more affordability for you. In your price range. Yeah, in your price range. So we'll definitely, you know, touch on all of those topics today. So um, if you're interested in all of us, I hope you keep listening because it's very, very, uh, we, we're going to break down product ingredients now. There's some big <laughs> words coming up. So I'm sure you've heard a lot of, you know, stylists or even consumers, right? I know, gosh, in the last, I would say at least 10 to 15 years, people really started honing in on ingredients, maybe even a little bit before that. But I just know uh, working retail, how often now people will look at ingredient labels. Oh, yeah. So much more so than Than in the past. In the past, yeah. They're like, oh, it smells good? Great, I'll take it. Totally. (laughs) Uh, So one of them that has been kind of tossed around a lot is parabens. So parabens, I think, you know, we always say like, oh, you know, you're going to use a paraben-free shampoo. Well, how many people really know what a paraben is? I honestly didn't know 
what the big thing about it was until I started doing all this research and I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I knew parabens uh, and, you know, just a a blanket overview for myself. I knew parabens, um, they are formulated into lotions, lots of cosmetic, everything. everything. And I knew that it was a carcinogen and I knew that it was something that, because breast cancer specifically and just cancer in general has been on the rise and, you know, people were really trying to figure out, scientists were trying to figure out exactly what was causing this rise in cancer. And we find that parabens are a carcinogen because yeah. they enter into your body and I believe it, it makes your um, something to do with, like, your cells. I forget. It's like there's some kind of imbalance. So, I'm again, I'm not super... You know, versed in this, but... From the research, it looks like it messes with your estrogen levels. That's right. So, because when you think of um, breast cancer or any cancer, it's It's usually a spike in your estrogen. Yeah. Kind of like when we're ingesting soy. I was talking about soy. No, we're not going to talk about soy today, but there's soy in products, too. Yeah. So that's all estrogen. Yeah. So anything that boosts estrogen is definitely going to help elevate the possibility of you getting cancer. So one of them you said you also found under products, uh, or also found under products under, well, I'm going to totally botch this. We wrote, <laughs> we wrote this down and you wrote these down and I cannot pronounce this crap. But Propyl paraben. Propyl paraben. Propylaben. <laughs> Benzyl paraben, methyl paraben, or butyl paraben. Sure. <laughs> okay um and see okay so just reading this right now though i'm a big believer if you can't freaking read read what's your yeah on your bottle or what's in your food it shouldn't be put on your body or in your body but damn hot cheetos are really good you can um (laughs) you can start a campfire with those and doritos yeah but you can burn anything i don't believe that you're basically eating cardboard you can burn. I mean, it's delicious cardboard, but it's good. <laughs> I feel like all food would catch on fire. Would it? I think so. We're going to have to do an experiment. Okay, mm-hmm. let's bring it back for a second. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so some parabens, such as propyl paraben and methyl paraben, I don't even think I'm saying those right, um, can promote hair growth and prevent bacteria. So, So some are good and some aren't are bad oh you know uh there's actually a website and i forget or it's like an app um that you can download on your phone and it tells you what's in your products and oh, yeah it tells you the toxic toxicity levels of your products and yeah, i already forgot yeah. the name of it i forgot what it's called but i used it a few times and i don't know how accurate it was because i felt like i was using pretty like nice stuff mm-hmm. like it was quote unquote organic and it said that it was toxic. Yeah. I, I think like, well, if we can find out what that, uh, let's see that app is and then we'll share it right back at you. But there is an app, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I did look up a lot of the makeup lines that yeah. I like to use. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, what? This is toxic. That's not what it says. <laughs> it's not how it's advertised. Oh, it's called think dirty. Oh, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but that's the one that I use. Okay. But I like that name. That makes you remember it. Think dirty. (laughs) 
I remember when that app came out, we were working at Ulta and I was like walking around the entire store, like taking pictures and like seeing what was the worst products. It's pretty surprising. All of them so were on that <laughs> app, you can take a picture of the product and it'll link you to. Uh-huh. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Some of them weren't on there, but a lot of them were. And it was like a lot of the big name products that were, oh, we're shoving the tissue up the nose. We've gotten to we, that point. We are. I can't. I'm so glad this is a podcast and you can't see, but I need to put this <laughs> tissue in my nose. I'm going to look like a walking walrus right now. <laughs> but yeah, it was usually like the bigger name brands that were full of all these harmful chemicals. <laughs> I can't take you seriously. <laughs> Okay, so parabens also are also known as xenoestrogens, meaning they have estrogenic activity in the body. So research has linked parabens to treat breast cancer. Not treat. I'm sorry. To cause. <laughs> Where did I get treat from? I don't know. It's, it's my illness right now. I'm so sick. Okay, research has linked parabens to breast cancer through the strength of these Links is unclear. Okay, we need glasses for you. <laughs> no. Yeah, you read it. You read it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> sodium chloride. Why is it bad? Okay, sodium chloride. <laughs> Make you again, you read it. You read it. So, excess sodium chloride can actually strip the hair of its natural oil and cause dry, itchy scalp. So I do have a lot of clients that come in and say that they have dry, itchy scalp. I generally don't like to use any shampoos if that do have sodium chloride because I know that as a professional, my color service is not going to last nearly as long because I know um, what I knew about sodium chloride before we were doing this research is that it is a stripping type of agent. Yeah. So if you get like... Brazilian blowouts or keratin treatments, which that can be like a whole nother podcast in <laughs> itself because they are formulated with things that are very harmful for us. I don't care what anyone says or brand says. Formaldehyde. But they do strip um, the surface of the hair. Yes. And they also can strip hair color because yeah. hair color doesn't, as even if you use permanent and it, it technically lives inside of the hair, the sodium chloride is is powerful enough to go in and strip out that color a lot more quickly. Yeah, because it's all it is is salt. Yeah, and it's just roughening up the cuticle and it pulls everything out of there. And it's actually one of the top ingredients used in hair products. So, and I would say it's specifically found in drugstore brands versus the salon professional products. Because um, I think a lot of salon products have, if they did have sulfates in them or right. parabens, they've been starting to not, or formulating them without those things. Yeah. So that's been kind of the... The, the big trend. The big trend. It's all moving in that direction. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay, so sulfates. Let's talk about sulfates here for a second. So what is a sulfate? So they could be listed as sodium laureth sulfate and sodium laurel sulfate. They're often used because they are inexpensive detergents. They, that's what makes your hair lather when you're washing it. I do like the lather. 
I'm indifferent. <laughs> well, okay, so sulfates ha get kind of a bad rap, and I, I think because there's some sulfates that are larger molecules than other sulfates. Hmm. So I know that if the sulfate is large enough of a molecule, it's too large to penetrate the exterior of the hair, meaning it's not going to strip your hair color. Interesting. But if it's a tiny sulfate, so that's what I wanted to kind of do more research on that and find out a little bit more. But I, I really forget which one it is. There is one that they list that they said is gentler, so it might be the... Oh, okay. Which one's that? It's the ammonium laureth sulfate. Okay. So it's probably that. Um, the other sulfates, they were actually saying that it can cause brittleness to the hair, which makes complete sense. And in some cases, eczema. That's interesting. Yeah. And it also said that... Um, it's an ingredient that causes concern because it might actually be actually be a carcinogen. So there's a concern, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, yet. that one's not like solid proof yet. Okay. But that was interesting to read because that's in all of our products, I feel like. Totally. It really is. There's so much bad crap. And you know, like really like our, I, don't, I can't speak for the hair, but I think our skin, it the only thing that really needs soap on your body is your lady bits, armpits. <laughs> your booty. Your booty. Maybe your boob pits. <laughs> if you boob have pits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when your boobs start to sag? <laughs> you gotta lift them up and wash under there. <laughs> They're just getting all these mental images. <laughs> Just tossing your boob. <laughs> hey, Hold it's on. gonna happen one day. <laughs> no. What's that song? <laughs> when your boobs hang low. <laughs> oh, do your boobs hang low? I can't remember the rest of the song. <laughs> Ashley was singing it the other day. <laughs> Isn't that is? Don't when your ears hang low. Yeah, but they say boobs oh. instead of ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Can you tie them in a bow? Something or other. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sway them so to so something I, I can't remember. <laughs> okay, so we've so far listed parabens, sodium chloride, and sulfates as the main, you know, ingredients in products, along with water. So we know water can dilute. Um, anything else to add to sulfates? I don't. I'm kind of indifferent with the sulfate because for me, I don't mind the sulfate. It has to be, you know, it has to be a gentle lather, but I don't, I don't need the main major suds. <laughs> you don't need a bubble bath on your head? No, but I do like a little bit of movement. I don't like the cream type of cleansers. They just, I don't feel like they cleanse my scalp. What about using apple cider vinegar? Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I actually really like it. I want to know what that does. It um, takes away all the oil and the grime off your scalp. Yeah, but what does that do to your color? Because you have virgin hair on your root. I do. So that's not fair. <laughs> they make, um, <laughs> there's a brand that makes one specifically for hair color. Okay. I mean, it, if it's apple cider vinegar, it is acidic. And acidic is can be good for your hair, depending on the pH level. Um, which, by the way, in case you didn't know, a lot of other professional brands are starting to list their pH levels on the bottle as well. That's true. I know this isn't something that we were going to talk about today, but 
Uh, your hair loves to be, you know, at that 5.5-ish area. That's like its happy place. So if you have something slightly acidic um, as a cleanser or a conditioner, what ends up happening is it helps close your cuticle, which to me says it's going to help prolong the possibility of split ends and mm -hmm. keep your hair a little bit more stronger, keep those moisture and protein um, molecules in the hair longer, yeah. even your color molecules in longer. So I, I prefer things to be slightly acidic at a 4.5, 5.5 for my cleansers. Nerd. I know. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, that'll be in helpful information. Look at your, your bottles next time. Tell me if it has pH level on it. Hey, people are, like, caring about pH levels now. Look at how people are, are drinking alkaline water. It's delicious. Well, you drink alkaline water because it's supposed to be better for your body internally because yeah. your internal parts like alkaline. True. Because your body makes acid, right? So mm -hmm. you're neutralizing that acid. So your hair likes the happy medium. Happy medium. Even your skin, too, really. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So if you have to look for a sulfate, basically, that you want the suds, um, ammonium laureth sulfate is the gentler one. <laughs> I can't today. <laughs> Okay, so formaldehyde. I had no idea that shampoos and conditioners had formaldehyde in them. Neither did I. That was really an interesting find. That one scared me the most. So shampoos containing preservatives that release formaldehyde, such as quaternium. <laughs> 15? Quaternium. 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 Fabulous. 15. We should have had a, a guest chemist on this uh, podcast to read all this crap. Diazlo. Diazolidinol? Sure. <laughs> Urea. That sounds like urethra. Yeah. <laughs> DMDM. Hydantoin. We'll just list all of these on our Instagram. <laughs> Bronopol. Uh-huh. And Imidazol... Lidineal. <laughs> we should have put it Uria. into Google. <laughs> we should have. That would have been great. <laughs> so they all can be severely damaging because they can re release formaldehyde into the air you breathe and into your skin. But how much formaldehyde percentage-wise is actually released? Because there's formaldehyde in everything you... like. Literally so, everything. Yeah, so there's formaldehyde in the paint. It's in your house, in your sofa, in your carpet, in your laminate wood flooring. But you're not directly putting that on your body. No, but what I what I was researching a long time ago is that if the sun hits, you know, your sofa. Oh, it releases the fume. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense because same with the keratin treatment. Yeah, so what exactly, what's, what's the percentage of that that's allowed because I know the FDA is going to allow, I mean, the FDA doesn't regulate any of the beauty products, but they can regulate as far as like what's healthy or OSHA is going to tell you what's healthy for you to inhale. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like how do they know that there's formaldehyde and how much formaldehyde is technically bad for you? I'm not sure. So I will add a little note. Um, most of the research that I did was based off of 
European articles, and they regulate their um, ingredients more than the U.S. does. I mean, that's kind of a lot better than... Because I know the U.S. does allow a lot of bad crap for yeah. us to have as beauty products. So formaldehyde can cause DNA damage and is also a known carcinogen. So the most it's most dangerous when inhaled and when in liquid form and can be absorbed by the skin. That's really kind of scary. Yeah. I wonder, like, so if you take, like, a hot shower, right? Because a lot of us take hot showers. It's going to open up yeah. whatever chemical and release the fume. So some of the allergic reactions can include skin irritations and asthma. So would the skin irritation in this case be maybe eczema as well or no? I would assume so. Dry, itchy scalp. Dude, you're shoving that way up in there. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> My nose is dripping so bad. It's ridiculous. Okay, so moving on from formaldehyde. And we're going to try to list uh, all of these on either the Instagram for you. Because <laughs> these, are, these are intense. Okay, so silicone. Some silicones are fine in products because they are easy to wash out, such as cyclomethicone and dimethicone copolyl. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually familiar with dimethicone. Yeah. I think there's, they're especially in skincare products. Mm -hmm. So now the bad. Amodimethicone, or silicones that have amo am amine. Amine or amino in their name. It is a different kind of silicone that is chemically modified to stick to your hair better. That basically means that um, it conditions the hair well, but it can also be more challenging to remove. So here you wrote amo, amo dimethic dimethicone. Jesus. Is, <laughs> it's typically used in leave in conditioners. Okay. Just because leave-in conditioners are used to detangle, add more slip to the hair. Okay. So it makes sense why they make it more difficult to get out of the hair. See, I, I like silicone. Yeah, because it gives you slip. I know. It's, that's bad. I know it's a bad thing. And a lot of professional products aren't formulating with silicones anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'm, a, I'm like, I think that's a 90s girl in me. I like that silicone feel. <laughs> <laughs> so dimethicone is sometimes referred to as a silicone oil. Dimethicone coats the hair, providing great shine, conditioning to the hair. And because it's so water insoluble, it can be difficult to remove. But I see, I like oil, I like hair oils that have silicone in it. I was just talking to Angie about this because like she likes that oil feel too. Is like, just we like just like it. The hair texture? I think it's the hair texture. Because you guys have thicker hair texture, um, I feel like the silicone is the only thing that would actually penetrate through. Yeah, if it's like coarse hair, you yeah. just like really want to feel it. Versus if I put silicone in my hair, I look like a wet rat. <laughs> <laughs> so additionally, the heavy coating is more likely to attract dirt and pollutants from the air making the hair feel weighed down, which is what you feel. Exactly. <laughs> Dimethicone is often found in serums and other leave-in products. 
I don't know. This is another one where I'm kind of like, eh, I like silicone. I'll take it. Yeah. It's <laughs> nothing I'm sure bleach can't take care of <laughs> to remove because that's so much better. So, so I would think like silicone would probably be bad if you are maybe wearing your hair a little bit more on the natural side. Yeah. Um, or if you're just doing color services but not bleaching services. True. Because I don't think color can eat through silicone. heavy coating. I don't think so. We should test this. Yeah, we should test this. Okay, fragrance. Again, I'm kind of indifferent with this one, too, because I like my fragrance. So do I. So this could be responsible for causing allergic reactions, which we know. But, you know, essential oils is like a fragrance, and that yeah. can cause an allergic reaction. So so this one was just mainly for anybody who has more sensitive skin. Um because obviously it's going to cause more skin reactions and more allergic reactions. Um, Including asthma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having allergic reaction to this damn pollen right now. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So, however, who's Felstead? Oh, that was the person that did the research on this. Oh, okay. Where, like, do you have the, the link to this article or um, where you got some of your research from? I, I think it'd be cool. I need to look it up. This would be cool to share with the podcasters in case they want to check it out. So, Felstead explains that products containing fragrance is normally fine for most people if you don't have a sensitive scalp. If you do, he suggests opting for hypoallergenic shampoos to avoid any possible reactions. So not a big, big one unless you have sensitive skin or allergies. So if you have, you know, eczema, um, chronic, you know, dry scalp, dry skin, you really shouldn't be using fragrance. And I think, you know, you'll know when you are allergic to any fragrances because you're going to, you'll break out in some kind of rash or hives maybe. I know I got, I got hives as a little girl from detergent, from like laundry detergent. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are sensitive to that. Yeah. Because there's just way too much fragrance in them. So. Absolutely. Well, especially if you're in a Latino family. <laughs> Downy. Downy, man. <laughs> Shit smells good. It does it? <laughs> I freaking hate it. I like it. It's a snuggles. I just love it. Oh. Well, I don't know. I don't think my grandma used snu- um, Downy. I think she used, what's that What's that cheap stuff? That... The pink one? Sure. I don't know. You buy it at, like, the Mexican yeah, market. it was, like, the pink one. It was, like, I can't remember what it's called. I was going to say Fabuloso, but that's the cleaner. No. Is it Suavecito? No. That's a <laughs> hair product. <laughs> that smells amazing. <laughs> I don't remember. The only one I, I can think of is Three Flowers. That's it. No, Isn't Three it? Flowers is, like, pomade shit that, like, cholos used to, greasers used to put in their hair. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Oh my god, you were hilarious. Okay, so (laughs) while she's looking this up and figuring it out, (laughs) these were kind of like the main, I mean, we we could really talk about ingredients all day long, but at the end of the day, I think the main difference between ingredients in professional products versus ingredients in drugstore products is the quality of the ingredient. Yeah. So and who's making these products? Well, that's a whole nother topic because uh-huh. for example, L'Oreal owns a shit ton of B 
beauty care products. They own everything. Everything from, you know, stuff you find at the drugstore and professional care products. So to say that a brand like L'Oreal doesn't make terrible products would be a lie because they also make really amazing products too. So it's just, it's a matter of who they're trying to market and who the affordability kind of back to that. So Zote, I don't think that's what it was. I forget. That's soap. But, you know, the quality of ingredients is huge. And I think a lot of smaller companies that make professional hair care products, they typically will use pharmaceutical grade ingredients. So you're going to have a higher concentration level, meaning you're going to use less of the professional hair care product, meaning your bottle is going to last longer than the cheap $5 bottle or $10 bottle that you bought at Target. Exactly. If you're using your product correctly. Yes. And don't think for one second you can go to Target and find the professional care care aisle, because I know they got one, and buy those products off the shelf. It's not real. Let me tell you why. As a professional that's been in the industry for a very, very long time, there are products right now on Target shelves that are listed as professional products that are so, so freaking old. Mm-hmm. They have old-ass packaging. Packaging from seven years ago. <laughs> I'm not even bullshitting you. And I this is a perfect example. I used to love this product from Tony and Guy called Catwalk um, Curls Rock. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. So they have obviously new packaging now yeah. they've they most brands will have new packaging every like two to two to three years or so to rebrand is it to rebrand and also to detract from diversion uh, possibly i would think so but do you remember when catwalk or to, um curls rock came in that really <laughs> stop looking at my fucking tissue <laughs> yeah, i'm just amazed at how far it's going <laughs> I'm trying to make room for me to talk. So back to the Curls Rock. It used to come in a bright turquoise bottle, all turquoise. With, with a little white, white pump? White writing and a white pump. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I used to have that. That was from, it has to be, it has to be 2009 is the last time that I remember it being sold that way. And it might have even been before that, 2008. And I only say that because um, I remember stocking shelves for that product. And then they came out with a new packaging, which was a black bottle with a turquoise writing. Yeah. Okay. So let's just let's just hypothetically say it was 2010. Okay. So let's just round it up. 2010 was nine years ago. Okay. There's Did you actually see that? Nine-year-old product sitting on a Target shelf right now with that Curls Rock shit. Yes, it's there. I should take a picture of it because yeah, that's and horrible. The other one was um, Frederick Fakai's line, the old packaging. What? And that's that's got to be ten years old too. Yeah, that is. You can go right here across the street, uh, Target across the street from our salon right now, and find it in there. That's crazy. So they're getting black market, real professional product that is beyond expired. So you, as a consumer, are going to go buy this salon quality product that you think yeah 
and then use it on yourself and be like, oh, this is shitty. I would never pay full price for this. Thank God I got this at Target. I'm never going to buy Tony and Guy again. I'm never going to buy Frederick for Kai again. But it's not the actual quality of the product. No. And then half of them, too, are watered down. Yep, they're watered down. There was even, um, there was an image floating around that had, like, a chi hairspray, I think it was. Uh-huh. And they peeled back the chi hairspray label, and it really was some, like, cheap-ass generic hairspray. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. And they were just showing, like, hey, like, this is what you actually bought. So... You cannot buy, you know, professional quality products at a Target or a Walmart or Amazon, Amazon even, unless it's from the the... actual product line itself. Correct. So like, for example, I think like, you know, Moroccan oil is, I, I love that brand. So Moroccan oil, if you go on Amazon, you can buy Moroccan oil from Moroccan oil and you're going to get the actual product. Yeah. And Amazon's really good about you know, um, only having certain retailers have things, but they also have bad retailers that sell really bad knockoffs. Really bad, or yeah, knockoffs. Really old product. Yeah. So that's kind of you know, I just wanted to throw that in there. I know that's kind of a slightly off topic, but just you know, when you are looking for quality ingredients for your skin, your hair, whatever it may be, get those things from you know the certified retailer that's that's supposed to have those things yeah it's like you know sephora only carries you know certain products you can't you know if it says exclusive and then you find it somewhere Somewhere else else. it's probably not the real shit so and if it's cheaper it's probably not the real stuff totally okay so if you have anything to add to this ingredient list that you want to share with us definitely drop us a line um and we actually did this podcast because we had somebody give us a suggestion on talking about oh yeah uh you know drugstore versus professional brands and so we kind of wanted to dive into the ingredient part of it so thank you lupe for the suggestion (laughs) (laughs) and uh i don't know do you have anything else to add to the toxic shit that we put on our hair and body choose cruelty-free products you know that's a law now in california thank goodness yeah it is a law so a lot of brands are changing now that's awesome because a lot of brands are based here in california that's exciting that's so good to hear yeah so cruelty-free what else is important to you that's about it (laughs) you just don't want you just don't want animals getting hurt in the making of products no I just this don't, is why I have bunnies. I just don't want to get cancer from shit because people want to make money and have a nice mansion in Malibu. <laughs> While That's the rest of us are dying. Yeah. Using their stuff. <laughs> so anyways, well, thanks so much, guys, for listening in to our fifth podcast. We hope that some of this information was useful for you. And <laughs> if you could understand half of the stuff that we said, yeah, exactly. We couldn't even understand half the things that we were yeah. trying to say. <laughs> Bottom line is if you can't pronounce it and you can't read it, don't, don't use it. Don't use it. Yeah. And get your professional hair care products from your stylist that they recommend for your hair at their salon, not at Target or on Amazon. <laughs> it makes a huge difference. It really does. So until next week, we'll see you next Monday. 
And if you have anything to add to this convo, again, drop us a line. Hit us up at, on Instagram at rubblefem underscore salon. Or even on YouTube. Check out the YouTube. We actually read everything and respond. <laughs> and Or you can drop us an email too. So anyways, thanks so much, guys. 